Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Fosha, and welcome back to the Top of Blarney podcast, where we wade through the Blarney to tell you about the real Ireland. My name is Stuart McNamara, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Rob the Rainbow Cross. Hello, Stu. I'm all the colors of the rainbow, except indigo, because I don't think that I don't think that exists. <laughs> yeah, I think they made that one up, Rob. It's uh, nice to have you back again. Yeah, I was uh, in Dublin last weekend and got a bit caught up with them, um, you know, in the process of moving across the country and helping my girlfriend move out of her. We're getting our own place together in Dublin. And it's um, combining two houses into one takes a bit of time and getting it sorted. And, you know, renting in Dublin is a nightmare. And finding an ideal place that's both in budget, both appropriate for both of us to be able to get to work and college and stuff like that. It's a bit annoying for when things go back to normal, hopefully in September. Um, so Yeah, considering yeah. the uh, the topic of last week's episode being on how we got to the housing crisis, I'm sure everyone's aware now that it's you did a really, tough old times in you Ireland. You did a really good job on that, by the way. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it might be interesting just to kind of, how did we get here? Because, you know... We never really grew up in the Celtic Tiger, really. Like we didn't know about it. It was just a little bit Ireland at the time, because my father was a financial advisor. So I mean, he'd yeah, you'd, you'd kind of pick up on things. I mean, yeah, but just in terms of like you know, we weren't you know getting the spoils of it. You know, like our parents might buy us an extra couple of things because it was the Celtic Tiger or whatever nonsense. But we we weren't out there getting great jobs and buying houses. Oh, no, no, not in that regard. We were too young for it. No, I maybe it was just like, you know, we had to go down to Kilkee for the couple of weeks, but we'd also have a sun holiday to like Portugal or Spain as well. And, you know, things like that. Um, yeah, it is what it is. But but look, it's probably better you didn't have me on there because I would have been like, let's do the technical reasons behind these, you know, <laughs> using my, <laughs> my, my, my financial services background. But But anyway... Yeah, I think it needed more of a broad brush strokes yep. than a a finer point to it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But I think <laughs> this week, since we have the start of summer here in Ireland, uh, I think tomorrow is supposed to be 20 degrees. It's actually quite warm today, I will say. It's it's very overcast where I am at the moment, but there's a little bit of blue skies. But it was lovely and sunny earlier for about two hours, which I couldn't go out and enjoy. Oh, yeah, I took the dog out for a walk. It was wonderful. I, I was there but, from uh, nine to, just before we recorded this, I was at a college uh, lecture thing. I, my exams will be starting uh, a week after this goes out. So, yeah. <laughs> fun, fun. Yeah. So we're all waiting to get the podcast over with so we can get back out in what little sunshine we're actually going to get for this year because it's been a miserable couple of weeks. It, it has, but the, the, there is light at the end of the tunnel. We will have outdoor drinking and dining at pubs and restaurants uh, starting on the 7th of July. Sorry, 7th of June. My apologies. Uh, not, not, no. we'll, we'll hopefully have indoor uh, dining in pubs around that time in July. So um, exci- exciting, Stu. We'll be able to go back and get a pint. Uh, without any time limits or substantial yeah. meals this time while it's outside. And if only Mr. Irish weather can uh, oblige us, we'd be fine. Yeah, the Irish weather's never been terribly obliging, but I suppose we can see what happens. 
Well, I mean, we, they've got like new structures like parklets and all that that they're putting up, which are kind of semi-enclosed. So doing the best they can. Yeah, in fairness, I, I've been uh, I've been trying to think of what the uniquely Irish should be for this week. I think we should kind of talk about just kind of what's happening in Ireland with the reopening. I know a lot of people from other countries have their own systems and how it's working. Yeah. So will you have a chat about that for a few minutes? Sure. I mean, I, I suppose where we're at at the moment is our, our vaccination program has actually picked up a fair bit of steam, which is the good news. Um, it, it, it is, there, there's about close enough to 2 million vaccinated at the moment, Stu. They're kind of doing... Yeah, almost half. Yeah, about that. So they're kind of doing age cohorts at the moment. I think they're into the... Um, they're doing the... the uh, lower 50s and I think they're starting on the the high 40s kind of like 49, 48, 47 now um, Yeah, they're like blocks of five years they're kind of going down Yeah, kind of what they're doing is they, they say that um, uh, they'll put up an announcement and it's generally it's like, okay we're moving on to this cohort of people in their late 50s and it was like, or, I think they started off with like the, the late 60s and they were like, if you're 69, nice, uh, you register tomorrow. If you're 68, you register the day after. If you're 67, you register the day after that. So basically, it doesn't overwhelm the system and all that. Because um, no, another thing we should probably mention as well, our health service um, IT system got hacked was about hacked. two weeks yeah. ago. I don't know if we brought that up um, by a bunch of hackers at ransomware. And they've released some patient information on the dark web. Uh, it's been confirmed, I think, I think yesterday. And uh, so oh, it's it's quite it's quite bad during a pandemic. I mean, it, it's kind of really scummy uh, to. Yeah, this. I mean, you know, it, it, it's an awful thing. And then you hear back and forth with the government and kind of various bodies being like, oh, you know, we told you that you needed to spend more on IT infrastructure and stuff for years and it never happened. Yeah. And you're like, it's hard to know, like, what? Could we have stopped this if we had spent the money? Why hadn't we been spending the money if we were told that we needed to spend well, the, the money? Of, like, the IT security, whatever that person is in the government, was has been like vacant for the last year. Like they're only offering like ninety k for the job or something, and then like they got an expert that was like, "Oh, if you want someone top class, you need to pay like you know three hundred grand for it." And it sounds like a lot because everyone is like, "Oh, there's some civil servants on crazy money." The CEO of their our health service executive is on over ridiculous amount of money, more than the president in our country and Taoiseach is on. But um, I suppose when you're talking about something like this, you're say you're you're kind of saying to someone come come in from the private sectors, the public sector, you have to offer them kind of a stick and carrot. So it's a bit of a, you know, it's easy to have a go and kind of all these you know people on high salaries like that and the government that we're paying for with our taxes. But at the same time, I mean, you know, pay, like, pay peanuts get, I get that, you know, uh, within yeah. reason, within reason. It's, it's one of those things people do argue that a lot, you know, we have to pay them uh, a lot to kind of get into the job. And it's like, obviously, I'm not yeah. an expert. Fuck it. I'd try to learn for 90K a year. I mean, you know, <laughs> Stu, Stu, Stu would just be there like, hang on a second. We tried turning on and off the, the HSE's computer system. No, give it a go and let me know. And you're just like leaning back in the chair. I showed them. <laughs> just just wandering into the office on day one. It's like, all right, lads, I bought all of Ireland a single Express VPN uh, account. <laughs> We're safe. They can't catch us now. Also not sponsored, but just saying. I think that could work. Yeah, I, I, I said, do you ever, do you ever, there was this great green text from like 4chan that was like the 30 pages long and it was like about this guy who like bullshits and is way into like an IT job in a company because his father's 
you know, knows the owner. And he's like, oh, he's always playing computer games. He, he must know, but that's, they put him in there and he's no idea. And he just literally installs Adobe on, on all the, the computers that have a problem and miraculously just works every time. <laughs> it fixes everything. <laughs> oh, exactly. God. If it works, it works. Anyway, back to the reopening. So, I mean, like, it's it's going fairly well. Um, I think in Limerick, it's been good and bad. I know I I find it ridiculous that our vaccination centre is in a hotel in, in a different yep. county. Uh, and I think it was only this week or last week that Bus Aaron actually started a shuttle bus service. And it's like, yeah, but you've, you've started a shuttle bus service after the elderly have already gotten vaccinated. Like, it, it, you know, stuff like that that just kind of boils my blood when it's like, this could have been there from the start. A load of poor elderly people have to spend their taxi. pension to get a taxi out to this ridiculous hotel. I mean, look, there may be, there may be some reasons why that hotel, maybe they had a better freezer or whatever needed to be done. But still, there are a lot of hotels in the city. I'm sure they'd probably be happy to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Without having to I, drive I will give out. a shout out to a few, I, I won't name the companies, but there were two taxi companies in particular in Limerick that did say, if you're going out there for your vaccine, give us a call. We will do it free of charge. And, you know, there's there's no issue there whatsoever. And they did it to their credit. And, um, you know, I think obviously I'll, 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 I'll very altruistic of them. But at the same time, like if you're going to be getting a taxi in the future, you're definitely going to be ringing them if, if they if they looked after your mother or something like that. So fair play to them, I'd say. It's... um. A wonder a good gesture, but uh, to kind of explain it a bit, when there's kind of vaccination centres all across the country, and they're generally kind of in hotels and places like that, some large public things. Um, there's like a few in Dublin that are in like um the Helix Theatre and all that because there's space there for social distancing and whatnot. So when they put it in Limerick, they said, "Oh, it's in the this hotel, the Absolute Hotel," uh, which you know isn't in Limerick it's it's over the border in Clare now it's okay it's not that far out of Limerick you know hopping the border but it's still not in Limerick and it's on a dual carriageway like a motorway so it's um you can't exactly yeah it's not really pedestrianized you can't, you, you can't really walk there because you're not supposed to walk along a motorway and um there is a bus stop there's like one bus that goes out to Shannon Airport it's out that road uh, but the bus stop is on the other side of the roads. So then you have to work out how you're going to get across the bloody dual carriageway because there isn't a direct crossing point there um, to get to the hotel and then wait for the one bus an hour to get you back the other way. So it, it was completely unfeasible. It, it's like, I, I, I take your point. Look, maybe there is certain things that that hotel had to have that keep the vaccines cold and all that. But we live in the third largest city in Ireland, Stu, and... Um, Public transport isn't the best here at times. I think you and I both had to commute for college on buses and whatnot. So we'll, we, we, we'll, 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 we can certainly attest to that. Yeah. It's like when the public transport is so bad that I will literally exercise by getting on a bicycle to get to college rather than use the bus. That shows you how bad it yeah, is. Yeah, like um, we, we could talk for hours about the the buses in this city and uh the, the ordeals we had to might be uniquely ordeals we had to go through to get to college every day <laughs> yeah oh my god and i i think it's like it's not even the worst for for us like i mean um like you had to get like two, you used to get two buses then they combined both of those buses into one bus which was even more of a nightmare for me then because it would always be late so i'd have to get an earlier bus and i would just walk into town to, to do it which Thankfully, I was within walking distance of the bus stop, but uh, 
our other one of our other friends who was out in another part of the city out in Moiras, he, uh, he had to get two buses to get to college and he had to be up at about getting the first bus at seven in the morning to be in time for a nine o'clock lecture, which is crazy when you think about it, because it's not as the crow flies that far from his, his house then to UL. So, yeah, very short distance. Anyway, we keep getting off track, but uh, yeah, things are going well. Uh Hopefully soon we'll be back in a pub having a, a proper pint. Oh yeah, looking forward. But to I know there is like a ridiculous rule that they have on like if you can't stay more than a, a meter apart, it's what is it, one hundred and five minutes? Yeah, which has been criticised quite a lot. I believe it's it's a bit complicated. So we when we went back to pub, I think we probably mentioned this in some of our earlier episodes and things like that back when we could do it. Um, there was a requirement you had to have a substantial meal, as we said, which is like you had to have food with your your drink. Apart from a brief bit in in kind of September, October, where we could just go inside a pub and just have a pint without anything. So they got rid of the substantial meals and they've gotten rid of time limits outside. So if you're like outside in the beer garden or something, and it, like down here in Limerick and parts of Dublin as well, they are closing off some streets to uh, traffic. So we can just like they can just put a a table and chairs in the middle of the road there and serve you outside. It's all perfectly safe. Or they're getting parklets, which is turning car park spaces into kind of little enclosed kind of dining areas. So, you know, you can, instead of two cars, you can seat 12 patrons is kind of what they're saying there, which is, isn't too bad. And you can put a bit of shelter in from the rain. Um, But um, outside you're fine. If you're inside, when indoor dining reopens in July, if you can stay more than two meters apart, there's no, time limit but if you can't i think it's actually under two meters to do but i stand to be corrected on that there's a limit of 105 minutes the idea is that um it's 120 minutes which is two hours um between people coming in and booking so it gives them 15 minutes then to wipe everything down with like detergent and all that and make sure it's all it's all good for the next people yeah but the whole point is that they they want you out in 105 minutes because 105 minutes apparently is some magical number where you cannot catch it if someone else in the building has it. Oh, I'm not defending it, Steve. I'm just saying that was Which, the, that was the you know, explanation given. Like the, yeah, it's like, but it, it's all like ventilation is the big thing. Absolutely. Um, you know, whether you're sitting there for 104 minutes or four minutes, if someone else in the room has it and it's not well ventilated, you're going to catch it. So similar with as we as Rob said, you know, we complained about it before the the substantial meal. It was just like a barrier that had to be crossed that did nothing to actually protect you from catching the virus, which is, is just what kind of stands out and has been ridiculed everywhere in the past week because of how nonsense it is. Yeah, it's just that they were relying on kind of these old laws and stuff that were still on the books that had to recommend these things under certain circumstances. And it's like, OK, fine, but can't you change it if you're passing like new laws to give like the guardie more power to you know stop people going around and spreading the virus fa- fair enough and like um shutting down events that are in breach of the regulations and you're putting in like things to qua- like hotel quarantine and all that can you not like change these laws with it i mean it's all effectively per covid and whatnot i i, I just think it's a bit ridiculous yeah i think that's enough bitching and moaning for now so uh, <laughs> we'll jump into the movie for the week if that's okay. So we're going to go in a review. Finian's Rainbow, as we said two weeks back. Yep. Uh, I'll just give the, the brief plot synopsis. So an Irish immigrant and his daughter move into a town in the American South with a magical piece of gold that will change people's lives, including a struggling farmer 
and African-American citizens threatening threatened by a bigoted politician. Oh, well, so, Rob, to that. <laughs> there's one place. No, I think we need to start there because yeah. that's the the uh, racist elephant in the room. Now, I will preface that this movie apparently, went, like, because it was originally, I think, a, a play. It was, it was a, a musical a, a, originally. It's, it's a musical, yeah. and you know, it was on Broadway or off Broadway or whatever nonsense. Uh, I don't really know about that, but it was meant to be satirical of racism at its time. Yeah. And I mean, I suppose if you can kind of put yourself back, I think it was like the 1950s. It was originally done. 1947. Yeah, 1947. Yeah. So you can imagine, like, it probably would have been really progressive for then. But obviously now it's like, oh, this isn't good because we're gonna bury, we're not burying the lead. Uh, at one point, using the magic of the 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 leprechaun's crock of gold, uh, the main girl whose name is Sharon. Sharon wishes that the 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 bigoted politician turns black and he does through the magic of witchcraft and blackface yeah. um so yeah just to kind of say look there's that there. there there's also a couple of other racist things will like like that character's racism he turns around because he's turned black so i mean let's just get that out of the way and say, no 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 rob rob you're forgetting he he doesn't become sympathetic to black people because he turned black, the leprechaun uses magic to then make him nice. Well, I think it's worth once. I he's think it's black. worth saying that I think the intention was for him to learn the folly of his ways by turning into literally a caricature. I mean, he literally yes, joined. He literally joined he a not. singing group. I mean, this is literally a minstrel show at one point. I mean, that's literally what it is. But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Which is crazy. I mean, you know, Nick Cage's uncle. Cool. I mean, um, you think that he'd, uh, you know, would have directed Con Air if he was asked, or you know, another any other good Nicolas Cage films like the, the Wicker Man, the best remake of all time with the bees. Again with the bees. I mean, I think he would have. You think we could like do an edit of like uh, Nicolas Cage going, ah, oh, not the bears, not the bears. And then your man from Wild Mountain Time just like dancing in the, the side or something like that. I don't know. We probably missed the chance to yeah. do that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I mean, starring Fred Astaire as Finian McLonergan. Can't even say it because it's not an Irish name as far oh, as I'm aware. that's completely made up. Uh, yeah. McLonergan. Like Petula Clark, Sharon McLonergan. Yeah. Then we have Tommy Steele cool name as Og the Leprechaun maybe and yeah. I, I don't know it really much about these old movies so I don't know if anyone else is terribly well known enough to mention Um, I think a lot of other people in this are kind of just character actors and kind of famous song and dance man as he was said back in the day but Fred Astaire is like the big this is like his last proper movie role where he like sings and dances but like Fred Astaire is a huge yeah. Jesus massive like he, he went from vaudeville all the way into you know, Hollywood and Disney in the 1960s. So, I mean, you can't really take it. And this is like Petula Clark, as I think we mentioned the last time, uh, English uh, singer, uh, probably most famous for Downtown, Don't Sleep in the Subway. Um, this was probably the height of her fame. Like, she would have been very well known um, in the UK. I presume America as well at the time. Um, I don't really know how well, if she did too well in America there, Stu, to be honest with you. But yeah, certainly would have been reasonably well known. 
Um, I think Tommy Steele as well was quite a prominent actor too. And I think your man who played the senator, uh, Keenan Wine or Wynn, uh, was reasonably well known too. Yeah. So, I mean, it was uh, an interesting movie, especially considering I did not realize that there was going to be blackface in it. Yeah. I did enjoy it at the start, rather than having, you know, in all the Irish movies where we review, you see the... Uh, the clips of Moher. This time, they literally had an extended scene where, while they're singing that "Look to the Rainbow" song, they walk past like every landmark in America. And it's like that—that—that's a long walk. They're going like they—they they get into uh, the Statue of Liberty on Ellis Island or whatever, and like they walk past the Grand Canyon. At, so many, I can't even remember now because it's been two weeks since I watched it, but it was ridiculous well, how far they probably had to walk on foot start, for that. So they, they start off at the Statue of Liberty and then they get to the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. They then, I think that must be like Joshua Tree or like one of those places in Arizona near the, uh, the whatchamacallit, the Grand Canyon. And then the... Yeah, I'm pretty sure you see the And Grand then Canyon you see Mount Rushmore at the end. And I think... Um, Fred Astaire's character is kind of like saluting the the faces on the wall there. Um, I think that confuses the timeline a little bit, but eh, whatever. Um, but uh, I I did I did I did kind of try to do a rough uh, kind of approximation of how long it would take, and it just got a bit ridiculous because I don't know what order they did it in. But suffice to say, they'd effectively have to walk off Liberty Island in, onto a boat and then walk from New York to San Francisco, which is basically as far as you can go across America. Like it would, um, I presume it would take you weeks to do that, if not months. Yeah, I mean, it was just a a funny, ridiculous scene. And as I said, as a contrast to the clips of Moher always being shown, it was quite funny to have like, these are all of the, the, like the American clips of Moher almost. Yeah, I mean, I think if you ask people like, what represents America, like, physical things represent America in that regard. I think he probably would say a Statue of Liberty, Golden Gate Bridge. I don't know about Mount Rushmore. Would I think that's more of the what an American would think. I think from like... I mean, it is easily recognizable. Oh, it is. I, I'm just kind of thinking, you know, if you ask um, like an American, like what would represent it, probably would give you the Statue of Liberty, maybe. Um... I think like like Mount Rushmore, things like that, Yellowstone National Park might be more kind of the answers that they would give. Whereas like I think an outsider would probably think of, oh, Statue of Liberty, uh, Golden Gate Bridge, things like that, Empire State Bill. Like basically it's gonna be a lot of it's going to be in New York. And <laughs> I think that's just a, maybe an Irish thing, but uh, you know yourself. Yeah. So I mean the the movie is a lot. Because isn't it? It's like two hours and twenty it was minutes longer long. than I thought it would be. I thought this would be like another kind of hour twenty minutes job, but no, it went on a bit longer than I thought. Yeah, it didn't end up being no. that way, and uh, there was a lot in it. One thing I did love, and was like, I wanted to make the jokes. You know, when they when Finney looks into the crack of gold and he gets like that really cheesy yellow glow on his face, yes. it was like. Oh my god, it's from Pulp Fiction. It's the same thing. They had the, the leprechauns <laughs> crock of gold. <laughs> so they were looking for the whole time. Crock of gold in oh, a suitcase. It's brilliant, isn't it? Um it's also nice to see an actual crock of gold in one of the films we review again. Oh yeah, I mean it's always good to have our representation in there. I think one big thing we have to talk about is the ridiculous tobacco subplot. What is that about? Like it's like oh, I don't know. And it's like, if this was in the musical as well, they just have this other plot where they're, what is it? They're trying to grow 
menthol tobacco. Yeah, but like the tobacco they have doesn't burn, so it's of no use to them. Yeah, besides the fact that, you know, if you had something that was like a non-toxic version of asbestos, you'd be a billionaire by now. Yeah, I mean, that'd be pretty great. I mean, it's even mentioned as like, it's almost like asbestos. Oh, hang on a second, mate. If that doesn't burn, like you could do things with that. Like there's still asbestos everywhere in what I presume is 1930s, 1940s America. Like that, you could sell millions with that. I mean, forget the the, the crock of gold. This is this is the way to to earn money. Like, ah, but Rob, imagine if it was both. You could put it in the walls, and then some guy will just punch a hole in the wall, rip out some of the the tobacco, and just like roll up a little cigarette with it. And you have a lovely, cool, minty smoke. Yeah, but then wouldn't that defeat the purpose? If you can smoke it, then it can catch fire. I don't know. It, like, <laughs> it, it's just a ridiculous subplot. Oh, anyway, fired for that. Blood. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, at the end, it somehow starts burning, even though nothing like they haven't really been I doing anything with it. I presume the leprechaun did it. I mean, you know that that's literally my response to um something like happens in this film that I'm not sure about. It's like, yes, yeah, probably the leprechaun. I guess it was just really funny. He's like, yeah, we're trying to make menthol tobacco. I mean, there's a market for us, but who? I mean, yeah, but like, it, it, there's. I'm trying to just remember now because obviously. It's been a bit longer for me since I watched it, but you know we've talked about the racism and the the, the weird tobacco subplot. It also gets a little bit sexist, which well, no you surprise know, there. Yeah, I mean, what is it? The the there's that girl who's the sister of kind of one of the main fellas, and she's born mute. So she communicates and via like, dance. Someone, yeah. someone just like, oh yeah, she communicates via dance. But then, yeah, Susan. Uh, and what is it? Someone like whispers when they're like telling the Finny and this. It's like, oh, she can't speak. It's like uh, one of the few women. It's like, you know, am I right, men? Uh. Yeah, there's a lot of. It's literally a lot. Like, it's funny, stupid shit. You can tell this is something of its time. Um, you know what I mean? There's that. There, there, there is like a, a one funny bit in it where um, they're they're like. Walking across America at the start, and uh, the two McLanagans, Lanergan, McLanergan, uh, McLanergan. Yeah, there, there's That's an really there. weird. I also find like it's when he says Mahoney, which is how an American would pronounce. It. We'd say Mahoney, but he pronounces it Mahoney. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe, I suppose if it's that's the way you pronounce your name, fine. But uh, grand. Um, but uh, he goes, it's on this map here, endorsed by Rand McNally. And then she goes, I'd never trust a McNally for anything. And I, I, I got a little chuckle at that. I thought that was quite good, actually. Yeah, they had a few good ones. I think at one point, someone says the word blight. I cannot remember. I just wrote yeah. down blight. Um, probably like a blight on our land here or whatever. And I think Finian goes, ah, the British are back. <laughs> oh, that, no, that was, that that was, was the leprechaun. No, I remember now. Uh, yeah. yeah, Og is talking about what's happening back in Ireland. And he's, oh, there's a blight over the whole country. Oh, the British are back. <laughs> that was quite good. Stuff like that is good. That, yeah. Like just little, little. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Funny moments that come out of it where they're kind of having an actual back and forth about Ireland. He mentioned uh, Blarney Hill as well in one of the, one of his songs. Oh, yeah! I had I, I, every time they mentioned Blarney, I put it. There. <laughs> um, but speaking about Irish places, Stu, um, uh, Sharon sings of uh, her home back in Ireland. In, oh, in Glachamora, I know it well. Yeah. Now, need, needless to say, there, there, there. Well, hopefully, there, there isn't a place strictly called that um it was actually just made up as something that does sound irish um there is a place in core called uh glocka mara which sounds the same but it's spelled differently um glocka can mean kind of stones or rocks and mara in this m-a-r-a uh, means kind of ocean i think or sea so it visit the rocks by the sea um apparently they got the name from um at the uh, uh, on Gort Glockamora, which is kind of fort by the rocks by the ocean, which is from like another piece of work about leprechauns or something. But they, I think they, it kind of says that they kind of just robbed the idea without realizing. So, you know, <laughs> there are a couple of places in Ireland that took have taken the name Glockamora, though, the way it's spelt in this. Um, there is a and I know out the road, a little bit out the road from us in Limerick in um, Scariff County, Clare. Which has, um, right. I think it's called that actually. Yeah. So, yeah. So they do uh, quite a bit with the leprechaun and the, the crock of gold stuff. One thing it is like, oh, I wish we had seen this earlier because, you know, we could have had, you know, the crock of gold rating or the crock of dross, which is what they call it. Yeah. Basically, it's rubbish. Oh, we, we, we're, we're too stuck into crock of shite now. But for this movie, we might, even though I think we both enjoyed it well enough. Uh, but what is it? He 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 break, He steals the gold from Og the leprechaun, runs off to America, and he decides to bury it to bring prosperity to the area. But he also wants it to be close to more gold, so he specifically brings it to a a place called the Rainbow Valley, which is near Fort Knox. Yeah, and he wants to like put the gold there because he thinks it's going to grow. Because I think he surmises that it must be that's what happened with Fort Knox, where they keep all the gold. So yeah, it's very tenuous in terms of his reasoning behind it. Because he has a crock of magical gold that they get three wishes out of at various points and uh, use it to not great effect. But <laughs> it just it makes very little sense why they're doing it. What happens? Because even like near the start, isn't it? The, the the racist senator he wants the land and he sends over like his lackey and the sheriff yeah they're like oh we need you need so much money to pay your mortgage for the the month mm-hmm. and he has a load of money I assume that he'd like sold some of the gold to get the money to toss down at them yeah well I presume like when he was he obviously got like a boat or something to get to America with his daughter I don't think he he rocked up to the the harbour and was like Here, here's some gold for you mate you get me across because I'm sure like they wouldn't mind and say oh yeah sure go on but I'm sure he had to get actual currency to do that yeah but yeah but you know like it 
they don't really d- discuss whether they were poor or whatever, but you know, it was Ireland at whatever time they're d- pretending it is. So I don't think they'd be terribly wealthy enough to come across without having sold some of the gold. I mean, if I'm correct in saying, I believe so. I think the US was using a form of gold standard still at the time, if it approximately when I think it's set. So I presume he could just rock up to a bank and be like, I've got some gold. Will you give me some like dollar bills, please? And I, I mean, I'm sure they'd have to go, yeah, Grant, why not? I'm sure I think that's how it worked. Exactly. But what, once again, like whether this affects the wishing or the croc itself or Og, who I don't, we didn't mention either, is like similar to um, the luck of the Irish, I think it is. He's like becoming less leprechaun because he doesn't have his gold. Like he's taller, he's human now. So like he's turning into a human, I think he says. Yeah, and he's fallen in love first with um, Sharon. Sharon and then with Susan the Silent, which was <laughs> just reminded me how creepy that song was where he's like, I'm in love with the one I'm looking at or whatever it was. Yeah, that was a bit and odd. It's like, he, he, you know, he was ready to marry Sharon, but then he thinks that he sees her, but it's Susan. And then he he's like, he's singing to this mute person. I don't even know if he can hear either because he's basically saying, I'm in love with someone else, but you'll do because you're in front of me. I want to kiss you now because I can see you. That's a wonderful way to pick up women, isn't it? I'm sure he wouldn't get slapped very hard. I mean, romance was different back then, clearly. <laughs> well, the other fella, the Manny, who uh, marries um, Woody, who marries uh, Sharon, yeah. he's a bit aggressive with her when he's he's trying to court her. I mean, that's a bit... Yeah, the werewolf thing was weird. <laughs> and he basically scares her into like saying, oh, you have to come close to the prettiest person here. And then, you know, he's a bit forceful with her on the ground as well to kiss him. And it's like, obviously, she does seem quite happy with it. And she's expressed she finds him attractive. Like, grand, it's just a, still a bit uncomfortable to watch, I guess, at times. Yeah, it's just, it, it's such a, it, it's a mess, is what I'll say. I mean, as as we've discussed so far, you have the apparently satirical racist stuff. So, you have the tobacco subplot. Yeah. You have weirdly sexist stuff. I mean, once again, I, I can't imagine many women going to this and hearing I'm in love with the woman I'm looking at as a very romantic yeah. song. Um, Jesus Christ. But anyway, but um, going into the, the, the racism a little bit, because we, we have to address this at some point. <laughs> um, it's interesting in the sense that when the, he goes up to the, was it Rainbow Valley? It actually is an integrated community. Like you have kind of black the sharecroppers oh, yeah, there in the white. Wonderful little spot. It's actually like, oh, that's actually kind of and everyone seems to be and even when um it's a really good bit where the senator points at one of the kids and I don't want him there. There's and then the other kids are white are like to point to the black kids like there's something wrong with him because of his colour. And then is is he the wrong colour? And then everyone's like, No, he's the right colour. And like you're um you know, Sharon hugs him, and it's it's actually quite a little sweet, touching scene that like the kids don't care because it, it shows you how stupid like racism is because they don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I think it's meant to be kind of satirical, yeah. but obviously being sixty eight or forty seven, depending on how much they changed. Yeah. Which I think they, when they were making the film, they they tried to push to keep it as close to the musical as possible. Yeah, I think so, but. It's, but, uh, it's interesting, like, you know, like when the it has the what what's your man's name? The primary is it Howard is the main black guy, is it? Who who is like the scientist? Yes, yes, that's him. Yeah. He's portrayed like as being a very intelligent. He's he's got a he's working on his master's degree, which when he goes to get the job in the senator's house as a butler, 
your man is like, oh, don't be mentioning college around here. It's like he's highly educated as a scientist and is doing this. And it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the one who's somehow creating menthol tobacco. Yeah, which is interesting. And has accidentally created something better than asbestos. Oh, but, like when, but yeah, when I mean, that goes over yeah, there. That's the, real, this is really, really bad because like it's, he goes over there, Henry, the Howard, sorry, the black fella who's the scientist goes over to the senator's house. I think he's looking, he's offering a job there for a servant. He meets his assistant. Yeah, they need more money yeah. to to keep the science stuff and, working. And um, he meets, and he's like, "I got," and, he, and he go, your guns going like, "Oh, did you didn't you used to work here as a butler?" And he's like, "No," and he's basically saying like, "Oh, he, I confused you for another black person." <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you have the the senator, and he's kind of like, I suppose the, the closest I could say is like a Colonel Sanders type, yeah, just in terms of like accent and kind of he wears the, the those white suits with the. Is it a bolo tie or bolo whatever tie, nonsense? Yeah. Oh, but it, like, but when your but, man uh, is like, yeah, it's showing like he, him how to I give mean, him the mint julep, like, which is a nice drink. I'll, I'll give them that. Um, and he's like saying, "Oh, you got a shuffle and this," and he goes, "Haven't you ever seen those movies like Birth of a Nation or like, um, you know, God with the Wind?" And I'm like, "Did you just ask him? Has he seen Birth of a Nation, a film like one of the very first early films, literally about the KKK coming into existence and like?" hunting down black people in blackface of course in that film it's like my god how fucking hell like that is really bad yeah like it's rough and once again like they're they're trying to be satirical i mean it is funny later on then comes in all exaggerated what is it hurry up i want my joke yeah no the uh yeah (laughs) what is it some geologists detect gold in the ground but it's the ground in in, uh, in Rainbow Valley, which he hasn't purchased. And so he's kind of, even like the the, the scene there is like one of the geologists is yeah. a black person. And so he's like, you know, you have the, the scientist and his helper or whatever. He kind of pa- practically doesn't acknowledge well, he says, him. Um, but why, are there, why is there one that... scientist here? And then he goes that and he goes, oh, these two good boys are here. He even like refers to your man as boy. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah, the, yeah, the second that there's gold that he thinks he might be getting gold, He's way nicer to him, but then you know he's kind of he he's freaking out because he doesn't own the land, and that's when he calls for his mint julep, and then Howard's kind of like, he he's not even walking, he's just like shuffling his face. I'm coming, sir. But I mean, you know, once again, it's really hard to parse where we've gotten to now with racism versus where they were then. Because I think they probably did pat themselves on the back, back and think, you know, I we mean, did a you great gotta, job. You got to think like this uh, came out in 68, like the, the height of like the, you know, the year Martin Luther King was shot dead. Um, You know, yeah. the, they just Civil Rights Act in 1964 had passed. The Voting Rights Act in 65 had passed in, in the US. It was like it was turning around, but it, it, obviously racism didn't just go away. And there were still all issues there and everything else. But I mean it's it's still relevant like you, you think in 68 like you have um oh what was that governor's name george wallace um he was governor of one of the southern states he was very pro segregation he said segregation now segregation tomorrow segregation forever he was really kind of hardcore did not want to integrate um white and black americans and like he ran for president as like a third party ca- candidate and like as a conservative southern democrats because like you know you've robert kennedy then running for the main democratic nomination it was very very liberal anti-war friend of um 
you know, African-Americans and all that. And it, it, this is all playing out when this comes out. So it's still very relevant, you know, and uh, gives you kind of more context about this. I, I think this might have been controversial when it came out. I don't know. Um, I did find it. In, I, I did find a review by Roger Ebert from 1968 when it came out. and it, He gave it four stars and he said he liked it and he didn't really talk about that too much. So hmm, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, look, the the I mean, I'm not the biggest musical fan to begin with. But the singing and dancing, for the most part, was pretty good. I mean, you know, I, I don't think you can really fault Fred Astaire chewing the scenery, having a dance around the place. Um, the music was fine, as I said. One or two of the songs were a bit creepy. Uh, I like the um the, the kind of song that she's singing at the start, the rainbow one. Is kind of the occurring theme through this. Yeah, look to That's the rainbow. I think nice. it is. I mean, to her credit, but Julia Clark can sing very, very well. I mean, she was the singer, and obviously Fred Astaire is the dancer. But Fred doesn't do a bad job singing either. Um, I don't think he's kind of got the more gruff kind of older because he would have been he's well into his sixties at this point. I think this was yeah, as you said, this was one of his last it's movies. His last, I think. It's his last that he singing, singing and dancing. dancing like he was in he was in Battlestar Galactica, I think, in the seventies. Yeah, I think. Oh, shit. Was, if I if I uh, remember correctly, just one other thing because like I have my list of notes here and I, I'm reading down through them trying to like jog my memory of what actually happened. And one that I just popped back into my head is Woody when he's coming in to Rainbow Valley like they have a load of they have like extended scenes of him like waiting to get there on the train and it's just like various scenes where he's just on top of the train chilling having a smoke or whatever he's doing very funny just ridiculous I mean you know once again the movie is two hours and 20 minutes long and they devoted a couple like three or four minutes to him just hanging out on this train on top of it sometimes because clearly this was the wild west literally and figuratively (laughs) he's just hanging out on the train never complain with uh, too too much trains in films too um i i like that bit yeah oh as well i think something we we must have talked about in uniquely irish at one point is when finian meets og they do an extended yes, day they do. I, I had that down as well. I was going to bring it up. Yeah. So what is it? Diaguit, Diaz, Burguit, and then they like they keep going a, a bit more. And he, what he, is this? Uh, comes up, with, up the, like saint. the, the yeah. saint of leprechauns yeah. or something. August something. I don't know. I didn't write that down. Either way, that was you know as, like in fairness, it's surprising that they had those little moments in there, like the the British are yeah. back or whatever. Um, another good one that I have here is um, what makes America different from Ireland. There's more Irish people and more money. That's true. Yeah. I mean, that was that was actually quite good, especially at the time. Like that's fucking hilarious. Like more Irish people in America and there's more money. There's there a, too. there's a uh, probably still pretty true. The, the song kind of Fred Astaire is partially singing and it's kind of he's talking about like, oh, we have money now. We can do whatever we want. Everyone is like, can I get a new washing machine? They like throw it out. Can we get a new piano and they throw it out. Can oh, we, yeah. get a, can we get a helicopter. And he's like, your man is like preaching. Like, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> but then, but then Fred Astaire goes. Um, it doesn't matter if you're like, is it, you just look like you're uh, Irish or Slavic. Once you walk down Fifth Avenue, he's like um, Cornelius and Patrick look the same. And he's got a point. I mean, you have money; they're they're not going to care. Like, it's just crazy, crazy movie. Really, was I just love his like that that see that see like where they realize, oh, we've money, we can do whatever we want now, and then they they just go to like this open air kind of like 
church sermon, I presume, because it's like at the podium up there and whatever. And I thought, are they getting married here? And later they get married like in the barn that burns down and whatever. And it's like, all right. Was that? Yeah, yeah. so I suppose we'll kind of get to that as we start to finish up. But yeah, there's, there's basically a surprise marriage. Is it Woody? No, I can't remember exactly. Is it Woody or Susan or Sharon, sorry, who who just kind of announces that they're getting married? I think it's because, hang on, isn't it that Woody kind of just surprises everyone by saying it? And isn't it because Sharon has uses her wish and she turns the senator black? And um, yeah, and they're hunting, but he's like, "Oh, we're getting married tomorrow," and she's like, "Are we? All right, grand." And to be like, "So you can't, yeah, that you was can't it, yeah. arrest her," and because the DA is like, "I'll, I'll charge you with like witchcraft," and it's like, "I don't know if you can do that, mate." Like, I mean, I know you're down in the south, and the senator is clearly writing up laws that he wants to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to benefit himself. There's <laughs> actually quite a good bit as well, where he's like, he has the new law, and he's like, "I just drafted this now, and it, it's something to do with, um, oh, you can't have, you can't be living with like uh, white and black people living together." here in this county so like you're you're out that you're gonna you're guilty of a felony and like gonna arrest you and it literally goes like ah it's not like you can't do that there's no it's not our just laws he goes ah i say it's a just law and then he's like uh we we read uh books about it that they gave us in ellis island what was that the, the u.s constitution he says i have no time to read it i'm too busy defending it <laughs> that is a great that's a yeah. great line <laughs> yeah i mean that that's a line that uh, forgive me for getting too political, but Republicans would probably say today. Oh, considering like uh, I, I did, for for American listeners, like they've um, blocked, they've they've used their first um, threatened uh, filibuster to block a bipartisan committee to investigate. You know, when all those people just invaded the U.S. Capitol back in January, Stu, when they were counting the votes to be president. Oh yeah, they they and and several people died. Um, they don't want to have like a bipartisan committee investigating that we don't need to find out what happened there yeah because yeah but yeah they're too busy defending the constitution they bother reading it yeah yeah but yeah so there's a surprise uh proposal um i think at, at one point wasn't there like confusion who she was going to marry because og was also fancying her but that kind of gets Push to the side. Like Ag jumps um, out of a well. They're about to, to get married. Like, get, does a side with yeah. her, and like she kind of, kind of, she kind of wraps herself in like the stuff she's putting out on the washing line that like resembles like a wedding dress and a, a veil. And he like grabs one of her dresses, jumps back down the well, and then flies upwards using the dress. What the hell was that? About? Yeah, he just kind of parachutes away reverse, somehow. Or reverse parachutes. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, anyway. but so they're they're trying to have the wedding. Um, the senator becomes part of the the quartet that are singing the wedding, which was also kind of funny as well because he just kind of randomly meets these people. And then is he in the boot, it, like, or the the trunk? I don't know. Um, in the car, like there was like a three seater at the front, and then there was just like the trunk had was open. He I was think sitting it was in something it. like that, yeah. Because he's so he he is turned into an African American. That the actor is wearing blackface, and then he's like wandering around, and he's like he's run off, and their DA turns, well, I'm going to charge Sharon with witchcraft if you can't produce the um the senator, you know, a, a writ of and turn him white again. Corpus, if I if I if I do recall correctly, um, 
and he's like wandering around the the jungle and then like he meets the, the leprechaun Og and he's gives him apples that just a sandwich you know and he's like oh you're very mean that's your problem yeah he could just pick apples out of so, out of so the like, thin air Og kind of he turns him not just like the skin black he turns him into a black I, I don't know whether how to say this but like he turns him into like effectively an african-american caricature like he, 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 this is the point where it literally goes into like um you know a, a minstrel kind of thing because like he, he ends up meeting like these three actual like, african-american yeah no, I, I thought who, like are singers and that yeah. i thought that that og was kind of taking the racism out of him yeah but he's at this point but I, I think at this point like it's not really clear that he knows he's the senator and like he's I don't know if he takes the racism out because he's effectively playing a caricature at this point of like an African-American. Like it's grand when the three lads do it because they're like, you know, a, a singing act and they're going to the wedding. But like, this is him like putting on the visible blackface, but also the oral blackface of like doing the the voice and the mannerisms yeah. and all that. And it's, um, yeah, this hasn't aged well. <laughs> to, to say it again this is this is very much not yeah so they get they, they're about to have the wedding but then the police show up what is it they take everyone else out and lock up woody and sharon and then yeah they are like oh we're gonna burn burn you tomorrow or whatever if you can't fix it comes up but yeah. then like they they light it up anyway like it's not deliberate because your man is like having a fag and he just like throws the match like i presume that must be deliberate yeah and like in the meantime, Og and Susan are chatting and he accidentally uses the last wish to get her yeah. to speak out of nowhere. So that happens, but everyone survives somehow. The tobacco burns somehow and everyone's happy. And then Finian's like, well, I suppose I'll leave. Yeah. And... He's looking for his own rainbow with the crock of gold under it, I think. So it's uh yeah, it's a bit all over the shop, I suppose. Um there is like a core story there. He was just trying to get rid of his daughter. I suppose he did. That's why he walked tens of thousands of miles across America, was just to try to lose her on the way. Maybe he was because like fair enough he wants to her to get married and all that grand, but like why don't it, it just really leaves me scratching my head at the end because I'm like, okay, everything worked out. They got married. They're fine. The leprechaun, oh, the leprechaun is happy as well. Um, the other girl, Sharon, no, not Sharon, sorry, Susan can speak again. Uh, or can speak. I don't think she can speak at all. But anyway, and he's just going to wander off. And it's like, all right, you, you do own the land. You can stay there. Like, because the tobacco's worked, they're all rich now. So, I mean, he doesn't. I just I don't know why why wouldn't you stay there like with your your daughter and presumably her gonna have some kids I guess be be a doting grandfather you have money you can do whatever you want now you can go back to Ireland with the bloody money if you wanted to I don't I don't know yeah it, it's a strange ending but I don't even know what to say about it it's like for for something that has so much happening throughout it just kind of ends on a dead note yeah. look. <laughs> It's um, it's not the best ending, I suppose. Um, because you get the the wedding and all that. Yeah. In any case, yeah. I suppose I'd probably have to give it a crack of gold, which Finian would be happy <laughs> about. I mean, I I enjoyed it enough. The singing and dancing was fun. I mean, it was enjoyable in that it's over the top and ridiculous kind of way. 
where nothing really makes a lot of sense, but you enjoy it. I mean, even the, you know, the locations, like they had some beautiful scenes that were on location, but then there was like really jarring cuts to where it was clear that they were on a soundstage using fake grass and and fake trees and everything. It was like, oh, that's a, a very jarring, probably the norm for the time. And I suppose if you're using musical aesthetic, having that kind of pseudo reality stuff is probably part of the bread and butter of it. But I don't know. I enjoyed it anyway. I don't know why really. <laughs> I got to agree. I'd give it a crock of gold as well. Like it was actually grand, even though the there's some bits in it that haven't aged well. I I wasn't enthralled with all of the songs, but they Patricia Clark is a great singer. I and uh, Fred Astaire does a good job too. Um I will briefly say as well, uh, Fred Astaire's Irish accent is actually pretty good uh, as an American. Like I think he he kind of underplays it a little bit. He, he doesn't fully paddy up, so it, it kind of works. But Julia doesn't really have the best Irish accent, but oddly she sings with an Irish accent, which I thought was quite good, if you if you notice that, Stu. Yeah, I mean, the accents weren't too bad. I mean, I suppose you're going to pick up uh, the American accent quite yeah. quick if you've walked all the way across the country that's, multiple that's the times excuse, is it? But to find it's not, it's a not, valley. It's not bad. I don't think there's any <laughs> Irish person actually in this film, but there's only three Irish characters in storyline, I guess. So, I mean, it, yeah. grand, you know, <laughs> um, fair enough. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I'll give it a crock of gold. It was um, maybe a bit long in parts, but um, yeah, it could definitely I think if it was like down. under two hours, um, I think I'd enjoy, I enjoyed it a bit more. Um, but overall, it's, it's a grand fillet. Like, it was fine to watch in one sitting. It was... Uh, you know, I pro- probably seen it when I was younger or something like that. It did jog a couple of memories there. Barring the racism and the sexism and a few bits that just don't work, it's okay. Like it's, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a crock of shite because it's not a bad film. It, it the some of the crock of grass, Rob. But like it's shot, it's the it's shot very well too. I mean, I love the bits where he's on the train as well. That looks really good. And like the bits where they are actually outside with like the beautiful mountains and everything around them, it does look really, really nice. You, you can't, you can't say that it doesn't. So um, yeah, I'd I, I give it a crack of gold. It's worth, worth a watch with a few warnings before you see it, of course. Oh yeah, definitely. So next week we'll be doing another special report for you. Which we'll keep secret for now. Thanks for listening anyway, guys. Um, If you have any feedback you'd like to give us, any suggestions or anything like that, you can find us on Twitter at BlarneyPod or email us at TalkingBlarneyPod at gmail.com. Yeah, hope to be (laughs) back back next week with uh, no no delays or anything like that. I I should be down here, so (laughs) it'll be all grand. Um, And everything will be grand. (laughs) So uh, for me, it's goodbye. Sloan, and we'll see you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.